Heavenly Father, once again, we uh, remember that we are in your presence, that you are actually here. And so uh, we ask that uh, we would honor you, we would please you during this time, that uh, you would help me to speak the truth. Truth honors you. And so, Heavenly Father, please keep me in the truth. And uh, please help us to pay attention, to be interested, to respond, to not simply be hearers of your word, but uh, through your grace to actually have your word change our lives. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, again, we pray that uh, we would continue to worship now through this uh, time of hearing a message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There is no place for pride in the life of the Christian. One of the greatest dangers to the believer because of what it will do to him and others is pride. King David brought death and sorrow to Israel simply because he was proud. Proverbs 11 verse 2 reads, when pride comes, then comes shame. And Proverbs 16 Verse 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Humility is so important. Freedom from self, humility is also to be a characteristic of the believer. To help keep the Apostle Paul from being proud, to help keep him humble, we see in our text of 1 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 13, that the Lord allowed him and the other apostles to experience several difficult things in their lives for Christ. This morning, we will notice what these several difficult things were and realize that the Lord uses difficulties in our lives to help keep us humble. The first item, the first difficulty, is found in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 4. Verse 9 reads, For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession like men condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to men. Paul is 
using an image here that was familiar to the people of the Roman Empire of his day. The government would give the people uh, entertainment in the different cities. This entertainment, which took place in arenas filled with citizens, would start with something like men competing in athletic contests. Then at the end, this entertainment would be prisoners having to fight against wild beasts, lowly prisoners being brought out to suffer and die at the attacks of vicious animals. Paul uses this image to first of all say the Lord has allowed him and the other apostles as they have gone through life for Christ to be treated at times like lowly prisoners. He has allowed them to receive jeers and mockings and sufferings and the threat of death. He has allowed them to have been made a spectacle to the whole universe. In Acts 14, Paul is in Lystra. Some Jews from Antioch and Iconium come and turn the crowd against Paul. They stone him and drag him outside of the city thinking that they have killed him. In Acts 21, we read the story of Paul going to Jerusalem and how in Jerusalem he was dragged from the temple and beaten by the Jews and then carried by soldiers because of the violence of the mob against him. We see in our text that the Lord allowed Paul and the other apostles to be treated at times like lowly criminals. One reason being, I think, for their humility. The Puritans were godly believers who lived in the 15 and 1600s. They wanted to purify the church. I have been taught that some of those years were years of suffering for the Puritans. A number of the Puritans lost their lives in the 15 and 1600s. The Puritan John Bunyan, the author of Pilgrim's Progress, went to prison, if I remember correctly, twice. In 1662, something like 2,000 Puritan pastors were ejected from their churches. The Puritans experienced being treated like criminals. Why? Why did the Lord permit all of that to take place? 
I think one reason is one of the greatest dangers to the believer because of what it will do to him spiritually and through him to others is pride. Self is one of our greatest enemies as a Christian. So, to keep us from being proud, to keep us humble, freedom from self where we are no longer the center of our universe, Christ Jesus is, the Lord will permit us to experience difficulties like even being treated as lowly criminals. More than once, I have read that what Christians in America need is some real suffering, some real hardship for Christ. The less we are in ourselves, the more we can be in the Lord Jesus. Another item, another thing that Paul and the other apostles experienced is seen in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 4. Verse 10 reads, We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. Paul and the other apostles were also considered fools and weak. They were considered fools because they had laid aside the opportunity to be big in the eyes of men. They had laid aside the opportunity to attain great heights according to the standards of men. And they were considered weak because of their servant walk with the Lord Jesus. Point two, for their humility. I think the Lord also allowed Paul and the other apostles to be called fools and weaklings. Have you ever been called a fool for Christ? It's not easy to take. It's quite difficult. I have friends, married friends, who went to the mission field, and both sets of their parents were against it. Their parents, no doubt, said to them, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to yourselves? Why are you doing this to us? How about the children? Are your heads on right? Aren't you being fools? 
That was not easy for them to deal with, I'm sure. I have told you in the past of, uh, of a young man by the name of C.T. Studd. C.T. Studd became the premier cricket player in all of Great Britain. By the way, England has just won the World Cup in cricket. But C.T. Studd was the premier cricket player in all of Great Britain. He was internationally famous. He was in all of the newspapers. He was, we might say, the Heisman Trophy winner, the Super Bowl MVP of his day in his sport. And he became a missionary. And the world no doubt said, C.T. Studd, you are a fool. Do you know what you have given up? On the mission field, he inherited a very large sum of money. He came from a very well-off family. And on the mission field, he inherited a very large sum of money, and he gave it away to Christian ministries. C.T. Studd, you are a double fool. You're not only crazy, you are an idiot. It's not easy to take being considered a fool or a weakling for Christ. But now listen, it is good for us. It is good for us because it reminds us that we are not here for ourselves. We are here for Christ. It reminds us believers that we are not alive to be living for ourselves. We are alive to be living for the Lord God, to God be the glory. It is good to experience difficulties like being considered a fool for our difficulties are used by God for a humble walk with him. At Billy Graham crusades, at Billy Graham meetings, George Beverly Shea would often sing and he would often sing how great thou art. Ethel Waters would also sing at Billy Graham meetings, and she loved to sing, His Eye is on the Sparrow. Listen to some of the words of stanza three. Whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, when hope within me dies. Have you ever had clouds arise in your life? Have you ever had songs give place to sighing, hope within you die? Here are the next words. 
I draw the closer to him. It is good to experience difficulties. They are used to draw us closer to the Lord Jesus, to have us experience a greater humble walk with him. About a year ago, I had a CAT scan. My son read it and said to me, Dad, you have some issues. That hit me right between the eyes. I had more tests, I had procedures, I had a major operation. And as I look at all of that, I believe I can, I can say these two things. Number one, I was reminded that this world is not my home. Heaven is. And number two, God was going to use my situation to humble me. And I needed it. Facing difficulties. The Apostle Paul being considered a fool and a weakling reminds us that we are not to live for ourselves. We are not about ourselves. We are about the Lord Jesus. Psalm 119, verse 71. It was good for me to be afflicted. What's that? Say again. It was good for me to be afflicted. It is good for us to experience difficulties. For among many other blessings which come to us through these trials, they lead us to walk humbly with Christ. They help to produce humility in us. A third thing that Paul and the other apostles experienced is listed at the end of verse 10 and then at the end of verse 13. Notice the words at these two locations. First of all, the end of verse 10. Paul says, you are honored, we are dishonored. The end of verse 13. Up to this moment, we have become the scum of the earth, the refuse of the world. Something that is very important to just about all of us is to have the honor that comes from people, to be well thought of, to be highly judged by others. We not only want to be liked, we want to be respected, we want to be praised. However, getting caught up with that will kill a desire to see Christ exalted. It will destroy a want for the Lord Jesus to be glorified. James Denny, a Scottish minister, had these words framed in the vestry of his church. 
no man can bear witness to Christ and to himself at the same time. No man can give the impression that he is clever and that Christ is mighty to save. Reminds me of Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and, I'll put in the word, yourself. Wanting the honor that comes from people will do a number on a life that is to see Christ honored. And so three, point three, to help Paul and the other apostles stay focused on the Lord Jesus, to help them want more than anything else to see Christ praised and loved, the Lord also allowed them at times to be despised. You are honored, we are dishonored. Look with me at verses 11, 12, and 13 of 1 Corinthians 4. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. Pastor, surely God wouldn't let things like that happen to believers. No way. He loves us too much. God does love us. He loves us with an all-wise, infinite, eternal love. And so he will allow us at times to face dishonor. For nothing is more important in life than him. Nothing is more important than knowing him, loving him, following him, fellowshipping with him, and exalting him. Nothing. And the dishonor of men is an instrument in the hand of God to keep believers on this straight and narrow. It is true that difficulty has claimed the lives of some, has made quitters of some. But it's also true that popularity and praise and applause and prosperity have claimed the lives of far more than some. They have claimed the lives of many. And so for our humility, in love, the Lord may also allow us to experience what Paul experienced and the other apostles, dishonor. I once read about an athlete 
a well-known athlete who, if I remember correctly, fell in his performance, uh, uh, fell in his uh, ability to uh, compete, and therefore he fell in praise and popularity. He fell in reference to his fan base. His testimony, however, was this. I am so glad for that experience, for it straightened me out with the Lord. For our spiritual good, the Lord may also allow us, have us experience dishonor. There is no room for pride in the life of the Christian. Being full of self, pride, is a stumbling block in the kingdom of God. In fact, as someone has said, no one will ever get into the kingdom of God proudly. No one can walk up to God with pride in his heart and be received. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. If you are not a child of God, ask God to give you a humble heart. Ask him to work in you so that you will humbly acknowledge your sins, your need of a Savior. You'll turn from your sins to the Lord Jesus as your Savior. And if you are a child of God, thank God for the things he does to bring about humility. Things like suffering, being considered a fool, dishonor. Thank him for his love and ask him to continue to work this humility in you. Someone has said, pride opens the door to every other sin. And pride does go before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And so ask the Lord to continue in his wisdom and in his love to work in your life for your humility. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we love pride. Pride tastes good. Pride has been with us for so long. Please change our minds and our hearts in reference to pride. And please, in your love, continue to work in our lives, uh, making us, leading us into uh, humility. Oh, Heavenly Father, help us to uh, not be about ourselves, 
but to be about you, to walk humbly with you. Please, Heavenly Father, and use this message to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.